0: You're listening to the podcast, where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. All right, dude. This off season is not messing around. This was like the first weekend in a little while, which is weird because this is playoff weekend where I was a little bit busy, as you can tell, Darren, because I feel like normally when a trade goes through, I push it through right away. This time, there was a little bit of lag time, and then there wasn't a really big reaction from me, which there always is. But I'm trying to reserve my reactions for the podcast now, incentivize the listeners. But anyway, Darren, this off is unbelievable. I mean, just from the time from our last podcast episode there's been monumental trades that have gone down but how have you been able to keep up with everything man
1: um so i'm i'm trying it's mostly um a lot of max um i know that that probably makes you feel yeah, some type swinging of way his big old dick around <laughs> yeah he's he doesn't want to lose again so it's pretty obvious from the move that he's making like last week we had one big max move to talk about this week. We have another big max move to talk about here. So um, it's a lot of, I mean, there is like little moves here and there, but the major, major moves are, have been maxed the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and so I'm really, really excited to jump into it because that's how we always format the show. We always talk about big trades that have gone down, but we talk about every single trade. I try to give everything a little bit of spotlight there, so let's walk through some of these. What are some of the trades that happened just in the past handful
1: of days? So Michael made another trade. I know we talked a lot about his last week, but he sent Brandon Ayuk to Tani, and he got Gabe Davis... Three eleven, a twenty four mid third, and two ten. Um, so like a, a decent haul, I think. Um, but I also, I'm, I'm in my personal opinion, like I'm out on Gabe Davis. Like I don't think he's great. Like he's he's okay. Like he's a fine NFL player, but I don't think he's ever going to be like awesome for fantasy football. Um, but as we know, Michael's trying to get quantity not quality because he's just getting a whole bunch of things and hoping that they pan out because josh left him in such a bad situation there yeah i feel like a
0: lot of the moves that michael's made that's kind of been the crux of it right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like getting a whole bunch of things and hoping that some of them work out because he was left with nothing thanks to josh (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm always really excited when new owners come in, not just because it breathes new life, but also seeing different strategies and see how they are going to, uh, you know, really tell the story. And I'm really excited to see what Michael has done because he's been making a lot of moves and very aggressive, which is good. That's what you want to see. I was I'm actually surprised I didn't actually know how many moves he was able to pull off with the team that he got, but mm-hmm. he's making it work, right? <laughs> he's definitely. Yeah definitely trying to add some pieces on there for sure but i definitely feel the same with you i feel like with gabe davis uh, especially in redraft this year was really really popular right everyone was yeah. like he could be the sleeper darling he could be the league winner for you and uh, i don't really know what his adp was at the end of the day but i feel like he has been a huge disappointment from what a lot of people have been looking to two and so with that being said uh, I guess it really points to really what the ceiling Brandon can do because we've seen how great he's been evolving ever since he's been in the doghouse at Shanahan he just had a thousand yards he's had um, not the most consistent QB play because San Francisco can throw out essentially any quarterback and essentially make him look amazing but it's all to factor in because the biggest concern with Ayuk was never his talent but really the amount of mouths to feed in San Francisco and Shanahan offense
1: right yeah yeah I, I think that Ayuk has proven he's a very good player but as long as i think he is on san francisco's roster i think this might like this past season might have been his like best season um you had debo who wasn't playing as great as he was the year before he was hurt a few of the games too um you know the quarterback play with jimmy garoppolo and them now brock purdy's playing well and everything but I think because of all of the weapons, like Chris McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, I think that that kind of caps Ayuk's ceiling. Whereas if we saw Ayuk as a number one on, like, Kansas City, he would be a top 12 guy every year, I think. But I don't know if we ever get to actually see that happen, you know?
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because whenever you just watch Brandon Ike, you could just see that he's absolutely oozing talent. And anytime he gets the volume, he always is able to really deliver. So it's going to be just exciting to see the trajectory of his career, especially just because of the, I guess, talented locker room that he just shares. And so just kind of seeing him develop is going to be interesting, special with Tanny because Tanny already has such a good squad with a lot of great young talent. So what he's building over there has been pretty... Uh, impressive as well but i guess if i were to give this week uh a title i guess i guess it's gonna be title of this podcast episode it'll be debo week because uh speaking brandon and i we got to talk about his teammate debo and he's been moved twice in in the span of just a few days which is unbelievable so let's talk about the um one that kind of really started it all
1: so brian this was a lot of. Outrage between league members. Um, Brian this absolutely sent fucked Samuel. up the market, right? <laughs> well, in, in I a mean, way, it got, I it got
0: right a little bit afterwards, but like yeah. it, it was like, what do we do from here?
1: Yeah, Brian sent Debo Samuel, and he got a mid-second 2.06. He got an early third 3.02, and he got an early fourth 4.04. Um, you know, i it's Brian had his case in the chat and everything. And he was like, this is what I felt was the best offer. And that's what he took. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I don't really know what else to say because I, I know that he got a lot of shit already from like Steve and Mike and everything. Um, but that was, that was the best offer he felt he got. So that's what he took, right? Like he wanted to trade Debo and no one was offering anything more. And I know that like Mike, is very vocal about like when he thinks that someone is a, has a bad trade, but if Mike wanted Debo Samuel, he could have offered more, right?
0: No, I completely agree with you, but I feel like the fallacy in that argument is there was no real timetable, right? Like Debo just had an explosive game in the playoffs and say what you will. I know it's dynasty, but a lot of people view it in a redraft context depending on which phase that you're really playing dynasty in. But even that with that little bump, you could make an argument that his price got a little bit higher, you know? So I feel like the timing of it was a little bit weird on top of what he got. I don't really need to pile on, but it's almost right. like, um, what we said, like, um, he really went to trade Debo for some reason. He was like, art right, is the best offer I got, which, you know, I can't make that argument. It's subjective. And if Brian says that's the best, um, offer he got, that is the best offer that he got. But my argument really could have been, well, if you – what if you waited in like July or right before the draft, right after the draft, right um, after the preseason leading into the season and a lot of hype is going around with a training camp, Debo saying, oh, man, last year was a disappointment. I'm going to go back to an all-pro. Are you telling me you can't even get a first at that point? You can make an army. You could probably get two. I don't know. I'm just – and this isn't really fair because this is all speculation, but this is an argument at least to be made, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think if we waited a little longer, he probably would have been able to fetch a little more for sure. Um, like, to me, to me, I don't think fours are worth really much of anything at all. Um, I know we have this conversation a lot, and you don't think threes or fours are worth anything. But I think threes, like, if you, if you get lucky, you can hit on, like, the, we've had good players that were drafted in the third round, like Terry McLaurin... Um,
0: uh, Well, one quick interjection is it's not that I don't think threes are worthless. It's I hate it when I'm negotiating. People are like – and I'm always looking for something a little bit more. Like I'll I'll throw you in a third. I'm like, dude, that does nothing. That does nothing
1: for me. Yeah. Well, still, that's kind of what I said in different words. (laughs) You know, like it's – they're – they're really, like, thirds are really lottery tickets. Fours are basically, like, you gotta get lucky as fuck to hit something in the fourth. Because I don't think we've ever had any anybody that came at Like, I drafted Gabe Davis in the fourth round. Also, I don't want to be
0: rude, but I feel like at many times you can make an argument that the PDL was essentially operating at, like, a 10-man league as opposed to the 12. Yeah. And now that the owners get smarter and smarter... I don't think in the fourth round you're now going to be able to land some of the studs where you look at the PDL history and be like, "Well, look, look, look who landed here. No, you're absolutely right. It happened. But, like, mm-hmm. Jensen was in the league too.
1: True, yeah. So I, I think that, like, we, we will get, like, swifter and it'll become harder and I think that um, the thirds will become even less valuable than they are now. Um, not. So I, I think that, like, I think if Brian waited a little longer, he probably could have turned that four that he got into at least, like, a minimum of a third. Um, So, I I think he could have got a little bit more if he waited a little longer. But it was the best offer he got at the time, and he wanted to move Debo, so, you know. All right, so we definitely
0: dissected that trade. Sorry, you probably stayed a little bit on it a little bit longer than we should have. But (laughs) if this week isn't called Debo week, it's Murphy Street Empire week.
1: How about it, there? Yeah, um, so Max... You know, big game hunting again. He sent a 24 late first, a 24 late second, a 24 mid third, and a 24 mid third. And in return, he got Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett, another tight end to his room. Um, I think that Max needs to win the league now. I do. Um, of all the moves think? that he's making, he I think he needs to win the league. Like, if he doesn't win the league this upcoming year, I think that, like, I know that we... We said this a lot with, like, you, you know, <laughs> you know
0: what, the, you know what, Max's script says though. He's he's gonna be so he's like no, but Tommy's a two time winner. He just w- there's no way I could be the favorite, yeah, and then the I'm humble. gonna sit here being like, dude, I did nothing this off season except for get Conquero. You got yeah. the number one running back in back to back years, which is very rare to do, and Austin Eckler has done that. He did it yeah. last year and he did this past season, and he's about. I'm not saying he's going to do it again, but, I mean, look how crucial he is. He got 20 touchdowns, what, two years ago? Or two seasons ago, sorry, and this past season he got like 18. Like, he's unbelievable. I'm not saying he's going to do it again, but if Austin Eckler were to have 15 to 16 touchdowns, I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But then if I see, like, I don't know, Kenneth Walker had that many, i will be like, what? I don't know, man. That projection looks a little bit off. So he got Austin Eckler. And then he got the undisputed, just absolute cheat code that has made Dubrovnik Dragons absolutely just buzz saws at times an upset machine. And then Max just just he just has that now, too. So I, I definitely agree with you. And the reason I'm laying this on so thick is because there's going to be some propaganda later because, you know, as a commissioner slash being in my own league, there's only so cocky I can get to a certain point so i just kind of just sit there and i just kind of be more meany but i totally know the cards that max is already going to try to play so i'm going to sit here and say it took a historic anomaly for max not to win this season and so he just got mad he's like i'm not going to let this happen again and his team was already fantastic already in you've said it multiple times me and him we were on the same tier you mm-hmm. cannot make that same argument now. He got literally two game-changing players. It's not like he got depth players. These are two absolute bonafide stars.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it was already right. It was already you and Max, and everyone else was trying to catch up to you guys. Right now, now it's Max. And then, you got and then he got
0: Kelsey, and I was like, "Well, okay, he's." It used to be me and him. Now it's Max is one A. And I'm one B, yeah. but maybe yeah, I'm even lower. Maybe I'm just there's a little tear break. Now I got Echo. Now there's a tear break. There's Max, tear break me, tear break everyone else. Yeah. In my opinion,
1: yeah, I, I think that Max put himself in a separate tier. And I know he's Max is you know Mister Humble, and he is like, oh no, Tommy's a defending champ, blah blah blah. He's gonna say all that stuff, but he he is the favorite, even if he won't admit it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna it's because he wants the storylines. No one likes to be the favorite, right? Like, oh, yeah, you feel no, confident, no. but, like, if the story's on, oh, because I, we say this all the time, because when you lose, you feel like you've let it go. It fell out of your yeah. grasp. Whereas if you're the underdog yeah. and you lose, you're like, eh, expect. But if you win, you've achieved it. But if you're the favorite, yeah. and you win, you're like, oh, yeah, you were supposed to. So yeah. I just want to get ahead of it and say, I don't want yeah, he
1: to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I
0: barely <laughs> won this year. Like, the FCC had to get, or FFC, sorry, had to get together because of how close it was for me to barely win this year so Mm. there's no way that i'm gonna sit here and be like well you have two you might ah max you've done it man you've wanted to stop me from getting three and i think you've done enough because um whoo kelsey and eckler on top of what having jamar chase who absolutely erupted jonathan taylor coming to bounce back he just got justin fields who's becoming a cheat code at least in fantasy as soon as he starts to be able to throw like he did in college I don't know how this became a Murphy Street Empire podcast all of a sudden, but let me say I am definitely shook for sure. But it is definitely a little bit funny because he also did get a Gerald Everett to be yeah. added into his.
1: Because um, he needs that third tight end, he just yeah needs, he, he needs that case, tight end just in case a week he doesn't he isn't able to start Travis Kelsey or Kyle Pitts. He has Gerald Everett.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's you love to see it. It's just on brand, but overall. I think it's definitely worth it for Max to give up what he did, because to me, this is really what is going to elevate his roster to the next tier. Because before this, I'm not saying his running backs were bad, but he had what, like Jonathan Taylor, right? He -hmm. just traded away. Well, we'll talk about the other running backs he traded away. But so he had Jonathan Taylor, like Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift and Zeke, right? Like that's not... That's not the scariest, but now you throw an Austin Eckler in there on top of JT, and now Mixon's kind of like your flex, and I'm like, oh damn. Now this is scary looking. And I I know he gave up some premium draft picks, but to be able to get someone like Austin Eckler, that's just going to you know like he can just drop twenty five points any given week, and that's almost expected.
1: Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So next up we got something that was to me at least a little little surprising. A shocker. Um, Steve sent the one away. Hold on, hold on. You gotta, you
0: gotta milk it a little bit, right? Because Max or Rappaport tweeted out saying oh, that there was, there was like an arms race for. Move. It wasn't for Eckler. It was actually for a tight or a quarterback, and yeah. uh, Murphy Street was involved at one point. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what? And after yeah. the trade happened, it kind of made sense. I was like, oh, wow, why didn't I see this? But at the time, I was like, wait, what is happening? What quarterback is even being floated out? It didn't yeah. make sense, but it makes sense for me because like Mike and I just there's embargo like we don't even recognize each other as franchises so like <laughs> I when i was think- like trey, i was like oh shit yeah i, I forgot understand. yeah man. yeah okay yeah
1: i don't understand though because all right so say i, I think me and i, I don't know i didn't asked you, but do you expect trey lance to be the starter and for the 49ers yeah you yeah, oh, yeah. too so hundred percent so he i mean just-
0: i let me tell you, I am laying it on thick in the chats because I'm very happy with how Purdy throws the ball to Kittle a lot more than yeah. <laughs> essentially any other quarterback that's been there for whatever reason. And yeah. he checks it down to McCaffrey. Like, that's like All his time. thing. Like, he one read, not there. All right, where's McCaffrey? Because his arm strength
1: is not very good.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right, so with his his lowered arm strength, he needs to throw it to the tight end, who's usually right ten yards down the field.
0: Hey, come on, Purdy launches some bombs compared to <laughs> he does. Garoppolo, like, Garoppolo didn't group... even try <laughs> like, throwing past fifteen yards.
1: Well, Garoppolo might have worse arm strength, actually, <laughs> so because <laughs> he's see... also older. But yeah, no, hold on. let's like... let's get
0: back to it. You're right. I I 100 expect. Like, it has to be Trey Lance for the but amount of capital have, they gave up.
1: So, I think we would both agree that Trey Lance has higher upside than Brock Purdy. So, if Trey Lance is playing like Brock Purdy, but better, and Steve just got that for the 108 and the 308, I don't really understand what Mike is doing. Um, is he trying to get himself out of the playoffs next year? I don't I don't know. Um,
0: I wish I knew that I Trey Lance was this cheap. Because, and this is my fault, this isn't this isn't Mike at all, because I, yeah. I just don't trade with Mike. Because I definitely, like, he probably wouldn't take, and you probably wouldn't either, but I would have easily given up, like, Jimmy Garoppolo and my 2024 first for
1: um, this guy. Which is, like, is probably, I mean, I know it's going to be a later pick than the one of 108. Yeah, but you're but at least getting, getting a quarterback, and, back. and, you
0: know, I'll throw in 2 force in there, too. I don't care. I don't, you know
1: I don't care about force. So, two-fourths, yeah.
0: um, Jimmy I mean, I G that's and that's my 2024 better. first, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Yeah, Trey and I know Lance.
1: that that Mike, as we talked about earlier with Mike and Brian, with how he gave him so much shit for the Debo trade, but maybe Mike didn't shop Trey Lance enough. Uh, oh no, I that's think- like
0: a problem he
1: has though. Yeah, like he wants. There's some the people he just like won't talk. With. Like
0: I think he'll never, ever, ever reach out to me for anything. Like even yeah. if he wants to trade Kenneth Walker, he just won't reach out to me. He'll be like, Nah, fuck you, Tommy. I'll be like, All right, cool, yeah. cool, 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 so- cool. cool, cool,
1: cool. I think maybe he should have done his due diligence a little bit more because I think he could have gotten a little bit more than the 108 and the three. Be honest, what what would have your offer look like? I I definitely would have given him the 105. Um, So, like, right there I think is better than the 108. Um, I also have the 304. So I could have given the 105 and the 304, and he could have had that for Trey Lance instead of what he got, but uh, didn't didn't ask. So, you know.
0: It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of... Tough because it, we can't really fairly see what we did given up because we never were given the opportunity to yeah. even go there. So it's unfair for us to be like, oh no, yeah, I definitely would have done Garoppolo. Like, no, that's that's really unfair to say. So I do apologize for that, but I, I do I agree. Know. He he is very very upfront, like blasting Brian. So we do have to be a little bit fair because it, it's gamesmanship at the end of the day. Fan mm-hmm. fantasy football is a lot of gamesmanship, politics, things like that, and then there are times where. Quote, unquote, bad trades happen. But it's unfair for us to say. We don't know what the end outcome is. So it's always funny when they're like, oh, my God, trade rape. And then, like we said, uh, two years later, it could be completely different, right? And so it's funny because it's always back to games. People will say, I would have given up more or I would have done this. And I think that's why Max or not. Sorry, not Max. That's why um, Mike Servos. I think we should just call him Servos. Servos was so (laughs) upset because of the Debo trade. Be like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? And then he does this Trey Lansing, and I'm like, bro, I definitely would have given up more than that. Or like yeah. even when if I said the whole, oh, well, Tommy, I would have, never have taken your late first Jimmy Garoppolo in farce. Then I then tell me that I would have given you more than that or swapped out pieces that would be more attractive to you kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I definitely do believe that Mike deserves to get a little bit roasted here for sure.
1: Yeah, and I mean Mike. It could work out for Mike. Like literally, Brock Purdy could win the Super Bowl, and they never go back to Trey Lance. So it could work out for him. But I mean, one hundred percent, exactly.
0: Um,
1: the next trade was the Hold second. On, I'll, DJ I'll let you do trade. this
0: one, buddy, because you're involved. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because, <laughs> okay. it, like we said, it could have been Debo week. It could have been MSE week. But the Carolina Thunder, Darren, my co-host, sends over a shot Bateman and a late. Second round pick, 211, pretty much a third. And he got Debo. <laughs> when I saw the second half of this, I was like, Yeah, I, I knew Darren I was like, Hey, how about you throw this in? Because he might come back with my boy TV 12. But um, Gronkowski. So Bateman, a late second for Debo and Gronk. I love this trade for you. I think uh, I messaged you saying, Yo, nice trade. You stole him. Only because, uh, you know, Bateman's fantastic, but I think it's just really, I've been trying to get Debo for such a goddamn long time. Um, that's why I didn't like, I don't think I piled on to Brian at all during the whole deal. I think I kind of went MIA during that whole thing with him and Steve Mm -hmm.
1: and Servos, right? Yeah. And, And, you know, from my perspective here, um, I'm kind of coming around to the fact that maybe, maybe just maybe I need a couple of older players on my team. Um, you know, Bateman, I think that like, he is very good. Like, I think he's a very talented player. But he keeps getting hurt, and I couldn't really rely on him. And I know that Debo's kind of the same way. Like, he also gets hurt a lot. But Debo's um, ceiling
0: is so the, much higher. The
1: ceiling, yeah. Like, we saw on Saturday, like, he had that busted 75-yard touchdown. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I just need some star players where you I need, them in. You need someone that gets
0: volume battle. and consistency and – Debo will get yeah. that barring injury. Even if Bateman has a completely healthy season, I don't – He, could, I, I mean, yeah, he could definitely be a 100-catch guy for sure. But, yeah. like, Debo's ceiling can also be that plus way, way more because he could also get rushing touches and just the touchdown potentials. So, like, if yeah. Rashad Bateman has, like, a two-touchdown game, I'm like, oh, damn, that's crazy. But if, like, Debo has, like, a touchdown catch and he runs in for a touchdown, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. okay. I-
1: my 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 thought was I just like need people that I can plug it because I I want to make the playoffs again. I'm just gonna admit it right now. I want to make the playoffs. And I it really sucks.
0: Like <laughs> when you sit out and you see the playoffs happening, and I brought you on for podcasts, you're Like Tommy, I really just don't give a fuck. I'm not. Yeah, in- I was
1: like, I don't, I don't really fucking care who wins. Like I don't. I don't yeah, because
0: you're not. No, no. If I if I wasn't in the playoffs, dude, I would feel the same way. I would be like, oh, fuck, we have to do a
1: play- yeah. playoff playoff episode. Like, everyone, so like, if I if I can't win myself now that like. Kev is gone, it's, like, only you that I know, like, in person, so, like, obviously, I want you to win if I can't win myself, and everyone in the league probably assumes that anyway, so, like, I, and I kind of, like, felt like you were going to win, even before, like, it happened, because I thought, like, it was either you or Max, so, like, it wasn't, nothing was exciting to me for the whole playoffs, it was like, ah, sure, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. No, but, but y-
0: you want to get back, and this is one of the moves that I think absolutely does, it, and I love the price. I know it probably sucks because you never want to trade away young talent, but I'm mm, even more impressed that it was like, a Bateman draft pick. like
1: could be, like, he could be better than Debo. I don't know if he's going to be ever, but he could be better than no, Debo. No, absolutely.
0: There's definitely so. a real possibility, but you've already seen the potential from Debo.
1: Yeah, uh, and that draft-
0: huge all-pro <laughs> season that he had. Yeah, that, you could absolutely make the argument, say that's his absolute ceiling, but yeah. that's it. He's 26, 27. I mean, he has, yeah. and he's an athletic freak, and his volume has been relatively low up to this point due to injuries, so he can absolutely be able to get there again. So I don't know. You could also make the other argument, say, have we even seen the best of Debo? So I feel like you can make the argument for Bateman, make the argument for Debo, but I feel like for the construction of your team, Debo is someone that you absolutely needed to do. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, Uh, for the value and the pieces that you've done is great and I know our listeners fucking hate this right now of course, obviously um, something is don't... about Darren. Of course, <laughs> Darren's says something that is about that. But no, I'm, I'm trying to be objective because I try to slam Darren as much as I can when I have the opportunity because it's very rare when I do see a hiccup. But this one, uh, I could definitely see um, excitement on both sides, too. So it's not yeah. me being like, oh,
1: my God, Darren teams.
0: got Debo for. No, I mean, getting Bateman, who's a lot of ticket, that could absolutely work. Not even a lot of ticket. I mean, he has already proven he's good when he plays on the field. And being yeah. able to get a late flyer or opportunity in the sake or second round, sorry. Um, I feel like that's plenty good um of a return, especially giving uh factoring in what he gave up to be able to get Debo in the first place.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that um greg was pulling on my heartstrings a little bit knowing that i liked gronk and he was like i'll throw in gronk like that was like a sweetener because he didn't and you're like fuck (laughs) we we all know what greg's (laughs) roster looks like and as soon as he was and i was like what are what are really the chances that gronk comes back and he was like i don't know maybe 50 50 and i was like whatever let's just fucking let's do it (laughs) like i kind of like gave up at that point because i was like you know maybe so so
0: good at fantasy football he's learning to how to (laughs) psychologically yeah. win. And, I oh, man, I can't talk. wait until I get into a real negotiation with Greg. He's going to pull out like, yo, <laughs> did you know that this guy's uncle is Korean? And i will be like, oh my, oh, how many firsts <laughs> do you want?
1: Did you hear that Devin he Hester was Korea making a comeback? restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> He's His great, 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 great grandfather once had sex with a Korean. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like his uncle makes his own kimchi in his base? I'm like, oh, okay. Do you want Burrow, too? I'll add Burrow in. Please, I need this to happen.
1: Yeah, he's he's very good. Greg, is, Greg knows his stuff. And that, oh, he does. Even, but He keeps tabs on everyone, too. He really does.
0: So, with the, all this excitement, we talked about Devo. He went back and forth now. We got a Trey Lance straight that got out of nowhere. MSC pretty much, you know, got his... Uh, I guess he should get his... Um, Trophy case ready because he's about yeah. to add a little bit more hardware after getting Eckler. Now here's another trade where Steve says, Hold on! I wanna be a part of this too. And he made a <laughs> absolute ground shaking trade as well, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he sent Jerome Ford and he got the three ten. Um, ground shaking. I don't even really know what to say about this. I guess Jerome Ford might be the backup next year for the Browns, but we but saw Kareem him Hunt to? as the backup for the Browns, and he did nothing. And Cream Hunt is a better player than Dream Drone Ford, so who cares? <laughs> who did
0: uh, Steve send him to? Uh, Michael. Okay, so I guess Michael, because at first I was like him. Yeah, like I get, I get trading for someone, but like him. Oh, okay, I get it. I, I guess I see it. But it's kind it's, of one of the things where he's it looks the
1: upside like all the other moves, but I just but not think not just that, that we,
0: but it's really cool because maybe just Michael likes him too, right? Isn't fantasy but, football but we, saw,
1: but we saw Kareem Hunt in the role that Jerome Ford would probably be in, and Kareem Hunt, who is a very good running back, did nothing.
0: Well, also, you would be the first to go up to bat to say Cleveland's offense should be much more upgraded with what you project of Watson being better. So, if should, the overall offense has more opportunities, just in general, more first downs, more they were good. sustained drives. They were good with drives. Jacoby,
1: though. They were good. I know that I shit on Jacoby a lot, but they were, like, top 10 in EPA with Jacoby Brissett. So... I mean, you love them
0: so much, you are like, oh, I got
1: to trade for him. I want a piece of this now. <laughs> as far so, you're allowed as to go to bat for him now. As far as the efficiency stats, like, offensive-wise go, the Browns' offense was good with Jacoby Brissett, and Kareem Hunt did nothing. So... This I is mean, just master ca- class
0: podcasting by me because I just wanted to give every trade a little bit of time. I did not think we we're somehow going to be able to talk about this trade just, as just, long
1: as we have. Yeah, it's just hard for me to see if unless the roles change and they give Jerome Ford more of a role than the game gave Kareem Hunt, which you know doesn't really make sense. Um, if as long as they did that, like I just think you Jerome, know, you know Ford what you're in, doing right nothing. now. What
0: Michael is feeling like the old Brett being constantly <laughs> stiffed by you, uh, and you're just I'm, naturally just making a new rival. Straight. Like, Michael has listened to every podcast understand. since he's joined, I'm sure, and he just constantly hears you being like, I don't know what he's doing, what the what's going on? I know, I know what I
1: he's doing, I know what he's doing, he's hoping for the upside, and he's hoping, he's hoping that he can turn the 310 and probably to like the 3-2 or something like that. Um hoping that Jerome Ford is a little bit more valuable in a couple months or like next year or whatever than he is right now. But I just I mean I could be wrong. I have been before. But I just I don't I need see Jerome it. Ford to literally be the next Jim Brown. That's what <laughs> yeah. I need. I, mean, I need this to right. so I'll be like, you know, alright Chubb... guys, let's pull up the receipts. <laughs> if Nick if he's the Browns backup running back next year and Nick Chubb gets hurt, Jerome Ford's he's probably worth second for like most people in the league because he's gonna be the lead running back in a good offense. So, but he needs that to happen, probably. he probably needs an injury to Nick Chubb for that to happen. otherwise, I think it's just he's worth a late a late third like he spent. so
0: all right, let's continue and cap off the final trade, and the one that I guess was. I, I wouldn't say shocking, but there was a lot of confused narratives, especially yeah, Steve on. Steve was very Steve. Confused
1: by this one. Yeah, Steve was like blown <laughs> he was away. Like, so. what is this? why did this happen?
0: <laughs> he's like, wait, Max, my confidant. confident? What the fuck is that? he like? Malfunctioned. I think that's the best yeah. way to put it.
1: Steve was so confused. Does not he was calculate. Like, wait, so what, what, what was he unable
0: to calculate?
1: Um, I think it was because he gave up like solid. Role Hold Oh, wait, wait, wait. Say the trade. Say the whole trade. Um, so Max sent Jarek McKinnon to to Michael. Um, Max sent Derek McKinnon, Jamal Williams, Irv Smith, DJ Dallas, and two late 24-fourths. And he got in return an early 25-second. That's just projected, obviously, because it's 2025, so it's projected to be early, I would say, because of the state of the team that Josh left. For Michael, Michael's listening is um, like,
0: all right, more more bulletin board material <laughs> from Darren. Thank
1: you. I I know I know that Michael would probably hope to be have that pick be like you know a mid second by the time he gets there, but I just don't know if it's going to be possible, especially with like the state of his quarterbacks, both of them being old and. Um, Sort of being rumored. To oh yeah, you this? Already.
0: Brian and Brett right now are reaching out to Michael. <laughs> the
1: support group. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to join our group to overthrow Darren? Because we would love to have you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it, I think it'll be hard for it to be a mid pick with like the way that everyone else, unless like a bunch of people decide that they want to blow it up and they want to sell pieces and all that stuff, you know. Um, but I think as of today projected to be an early 25 second but i think what confused steve so much was that jarek mckinnon was really good at the end of the season jamal williams was really good this year he broke the record for the lions uh season touchdowns he broke barry sanders record um smith was once promising dj dallas is probably worthless um and then the two late 24 fourths. so i think so hold Steve's- on i
0: think the biggest question for me though and just for the sake of a little bit of comedy too, is Jamal Williams is obviously going to be a free agent. Do you Are you already locking up he's returning to Detroit?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I would like lock it up, because I think that maybe there is some team out there that would offer Jamal a little bit more than the Lions are willing to. I know that Dan Campbell probably loves Jamal Williams and everything, but at the same time, I think that there might be a team out there that is like, hey... We'll give you, like, the Texans or something, you know? The Texans, they could totally be like, Jamal, we'll give you $2 million more than what you could have got otherwise. Like, I could totally see that happening. Um, as they want, like, a veteran presence, blah, blah, blah. Like, teams love that shit. So, it's, I wouldn't lock it into Detroit. I wouldn't lock it in.
0: All right, that's interesting because obviously his value is really high in Detroit because they found a way to utilize him to his fullest capability. He was super efficient with the he was able to do with obviously the amount of touchdowns he was able to score. So I, I feel like there's some writing in this. So I definitely understand um, where Steve is coming from, but I'm sure you are probably also siding over more with Max on this one, huh?
1: I, I am, but I also was a little confused because of the late 24 fourths that he added. Um, that was the only part I was like, why, why did he have to add those fourths? (laughs) Like, that is what I didn't get. Um, like Jarek McKinnon, Jamal Williams, Irv Smith. I think those three dudes alone, like if you package them together, they're probably worth a second that's like out that far. Um, DJ Dallas, the 24 force, I don't really think that they're like super valuable. Those three pieces right there. But just having to add the force was like, why did he have to add the force? I don't that's the part I didn't understand. Which there's not like it's not like they're very valuable. It's just the picks going back. I was like, huh. Interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I know for the stance of this trade with the people that were involved, I'm, I'm sure you're like, yeah, I mean
1: yeah, a yeah, I, I get early it. Early twenty
0: twenty five second, why not?
1: Yeah, because uh, the uh the, the league investigator Jeff, he went to Max's roster like immediately, and he was like, "Oh, he needed to cut four people. This is why he made that trade because he wanted to cut the people, and he didn't want to cut them for no value." So he saw like he he had a value opportunity where he get value in return. So instead of just cutting the guys for nothing, he got something in return, which is smart. Um, but he didn't have to do it like. Yesterday, right? Like, he didn't have to do it last night. He could have waited a little bit and see if he could have got something similar
0: with what we were kind of saying about Brian yeah. saying, Hey, how about you wait a little bit, see what other moves owners make, and then heading into the draft, or maybe even mm-hmm. after the draft, where so owners are really reevaluating what their roster looks like at that point to head into the season, head into war to be like, All right, let's see what happens with this squad now. That's the opportunity to be like, Oh, look, I found a couple of holes. Wouldn't it be nice if you could now add a Jamal Williams or a Jarek McKinnon or so on and so forth.
1: But at the same time, like you and I both know, because we've been in the league and everything, um, Max was trying to pawn off Jarek McKinnon to everyone, like the whole season until he got really good. And then he was actually like someone he was playing in his lineup. Um, But he was like, any fourth, just someone give me a fourth. I'll take it for Jarek McKinnon. Nobody wanted to do it. Nobody. (laughs) Well, to
0: be fair, that was also way before he started going on like this record breaking pace. I Which know, once but- again, you can make the argument is not sustainable, but uh, an argument that I don't like that people make is like it's not sustainable. But the one thing no one ever remembers is like think of the journey though. He's still doing it. Like yeah. he he's do. I'm not saying of course yeah. it's not sustainable, but what's to say you know next year if he's still on the chase roster and has a similar role? What's to say there aren't you know out of seventeen games? What's to say he doesn't do it in like eight of them? Like what? Well, why not?
1: Yeah. So, I think as of like today, um, Derek, Jamal, and Irv are probably worth like about a third, right? Like, they're about in that range, maybe a, like slightly more for Jamal because he's a little younger. Um, not younger, but like younger than Derek McKinnon. Um, but like, I, I don't know if necessarily anyone would be willing to like actually pay that. Um, but I don't even know if is three thirds better than an early second. I don't really, I don't really know. Um, it's, 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 no, interesting I think, I, I, it I think out. they're
0: worth much, much more than that. Personally, two. if it's like, well, well, this is unfortunate, like in a vacuum, not in max's position, because what I'm about to say is unfair. Cause it's not PDL, but I think in a scenario, which uh, of course is going to favor the, um, the value side is going to say, imagine being, uh, in a run, and you, one of your running backs go down, and now you all of a sudden have an opportunity to get Jamal Williams. Yeah, I you think Jamal, to give up much more than a third. I
1: think of the everyone in the trade. I think Jamal he would have been able to fetch like a late second, probably for just Jamal and McKinnon, because McKinnon's turned thirty-one. So I don't know if anyone would have been willing to give anything. True, very away. true. There, yeah. No, no, Um, that
0: absolutely makes sense. But once again, the reason why this scenario is unfair is Max doesn't have that luxury because he would have had to have made some cuts anyway. not saying these are the players he would have cut, but he would have had to cut other players to keep these on the roster to be Mm -hmm. in that position. So that is unfair to say. So overall, with the position that Max was in and kind of the influx of roster moves that he's probably wanted to make, I don't Mm -hmm. blame the move at all. But I'm kind of on the side with you saying, is it absolute peak value? No, but it's still value.
1: Yeah, he got something more than cutting them, which is good because you know you never want to just like cut a guy that has value that you know like so if he cut Jamal Williams right now,
0: no, he wouldn't have cut Jamal. He probably would have cut someone else on his roster to keep Jamal on his roster. Is what I'm trying to say. Just because these are the players in the trade doesn't necessarily mean these would have been the four that would have been
1: cut. Yeah, I th- right. So he's. I'm, I'm gonna look. He at would have had to that.
0: have cut other players. So that's what I'm trying to say. You keep saying like, oh, he would have cut them if he didn't trade. The-. No, I don't think so. Maybe he would have cut DJ Dallas or something like that. He, like, he definitely would not Dallas. have cut McKinnon, Jamal Williams, or Bermuda mean- Smith.
1: Now that I'm looking at his roster, he didn't really need to make this trade because he does have players like he has Justin Watson, Noah Gray. That's
0: that's what I'm trying to help you with. That's why I'm saying like, why do you keep saying these are the guys he would have? Ch-? No, these definitely yeah. would not have well, been the That's the, guys that's the way put.
1: that it was in the chat before I looked at his roster right now. That's the way that it was kind of portrayed as like he needed to make this move because Jeff went to his roster and was like, oh, he needed to cut these guys. But. He definitely had guys he could have cut over them, so he didn't. He wasn't really forced to make this move. So now that I'm now that I'm seeing this, maybe he rushed it a little bit.
0: That's what I'm saying. So that's why I wanted to make the argument, of saying, well, he would have had to have caught you know Watson or whoever to be able to hold these guys who would lose value because he probably would want to just house them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But if he just went into the season and waited for, I don't know, let's say, what's to say Hollywood does make a couple of more moves, right, and then all of a sudden. We head into next season, and Brian goes on like a win streak, right? All of a sudden, he's 4-0. and He's feeling really good, and one of his running backs goes down. I guarantee to you, Brian would send more than a second for Jamal Williams. Way more. Yeah. I'm not saying he would get a first. No, That's not what I'm saying at all. But like no. a two-plus-a-player that's a little bit young that he might not need as a depth piece at that moment to help him get over, you know— win a couple of more games during the season and get a higher seating and uh, help uh, make some noise and get them a championship opportunity kind of thing. So, yeah. that's that's the argument to be made. It's it's very similar in the argument of what, how I feel about Brian's trade with Debo. It's the timing thing. I think uh, they could have waited for a longer value because no one was really twisting their arm to say, you need to do this right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm, I'm, I'm agree. I'm on the same page.
0: But with all of those trades being made, Darren, um... I feel like it's going to happen, right? There's going to be a couple more trades by the next time we probably record a podcast. So if that were to happen, I definitely think it's going to fizzle down now because at the start of any off season, there's always like just a mirage of or a myriad. I'm probably using all these wrong words, but a bunch of trades that occur to kind of get all excited because, you know, the trade deadline has been lifted. The off season is here and then it slowly fizzles down because there's only so many trades that can really occur before another big event happens. And yeah. so I definitely expect the trading uh, quantity to go down. But I definitely still expect some things to maybe happen. So with that being said, Darren, let's do a little bit of speculation. I gave you a little bit of homework right before we jumped in. But uh, we both have one owner in mind that may or may not uh, make a move more on the yes side. But uh, what are you speculating on some owner's potential moves?
1: Um, I would expect you to do something. Because you can't just watch Max load up on all these guys and be like, "Oh, but I got Chigakakwo. Hey, look at me!" Um, Whoa, (laughs) whoa! Doesn't really doesn't really match up to Travis Kelsey and Austin (laughs) Eckler. Chigakonko,
0: he's probably not even gonna like crack my starting lineup next year. Yeah,
1: he might be on your taxi squad. (laughs) Um, So I, I think that like I expect you to do something. Um, we we know that Brian is a definite candidate to do something. Um, I think that like we could. What do you see, think it is though? I, I think we're gonna see Brett trade off some more assets. I don't know what Brian is gonna do. I have no clue. Um, I think maybe maybe he trades, maybe he trades um, Cooper Cup. Maybe I think
0: the elephant in the room has to be Brett. Right? He made the yeah. huge gigantic like. Here, do you want to win the championship? Here you go, Max, here's Travis Kelsey. And now is he gonna continue that with some of the players that he has, like a Dalvin Cook, a Josh Jacobs, a um, just some of those more expired not expiring assets, but assets that you that might not be available for by his next opportunity to compete, especially after handing over someone like Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting because I already expected a move to have already happened to follow up the Kelsey trade if he was going to go in this rebuild mode. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that he's kind of been silent when it comes to transactions shows that, hey, maybe he is still trying to win even though he traded away Kelsey.
1: Yeah, I think that he... The, the amount of time I think he is taking between trading Kelsey and making another move, he might be missing out on other opportunities because he could be seeing, like, these draft picks flying around, and who knows? Maybe he could have got something. Like, he could have been in the, the max with um, Austin Eckler. I know that Dalvin Cook isn't as valuable anymore as Austin Eckler because he's starting to, like, tail off a little bit, um, a little bit more... Visibly than Austin Eckler, um, but maybe he got half of that haul for Dalvin Cook, which would have been good for him. I think.
0: I mean, we were um, telling we're on the podcast at least for him to trade Dalvin Cook last season.
1: Yeah, because so, his
0: haul would have been significantly higher.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that maybe he's the time he's taking here. I think maybe he's missing out on opportunities where he otherwise could have capitalized. Um, I think that might be might be hurting him. But he doesn't. So do you think because
0: he's yet. been so quiet after the Kelsey trade he is actually in fact going to compete?
1: I think he wants to, knowing how Brett is, you know, the last couple of years and everything. I think Brett desperately wants to win. Um I think I but think But if he, that's
0: the case, why trade away Kelsey? Well
1: I he, think he's that the this-
0: absolute <laughs> reason he even won in the first
1: place at all. I think that this time that he's taken between trading Kelsey and doing anything else, I think maybe it's his grieving period. Um, I think that do you think he, he
0: underestimated think the impact he Kelsey made
1: or no, I think he might've underestimated the trading away Kelsey. And I think he thought that he could trade Kelsey and still be like, you know, top four or five team. Um, I think he thought he could do that. But then after, you know, everyone kind of talked about it and he like, Probably looked into it a little more, and he might have been like, "Oh shit! Like, what did I do?" Like, um, wait, who's
0: that really good tight end? Brock Bowers is that the tight end coming out? That's huge and really yeah, good. Ne-
1: not, he's not this year; he's next year. Oh, Michael next Mayer, year, so Michael, Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. Is this
0: okay, year. so even if yeah. he drafts like Michael Mayer in the first that he just got for Kelsey, like that's that's not a good trade.
1: Yeah, going from Kelsey
0: to Mayer, especially yeah. if you're trying to win right now, is what I'm
1: trying to say. If is he still trying like to compete? Saw, if he's
0: not selling off these other players,
1: we saw. Kyle Pitts, who was the best tight end prospect ever, was terrible this year. Um, and I know he was good his rookie year and everything, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, like, but you can Mayer, make the
0: argument that outside of quarterback, Kyle Pitts was the most expensive dynasty ad set heading into last season.
1: Yeah, and you see Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts probably was closely in like terms of body type and all that stuff. He was close to like Calvin Johnson. Um, Michael Mayer is going to be close to probably like, Zach Ertz. So... That's not (laughs) that's not the same stratosphere. Um, (laughs) So like a high
0: PPR guy, but not a guy that's just going to be ripping like 45 yard breakaway touchdowns.
1: Yeah, and he is he is good. Don't get me wrong. Like I know Brock Bowers won the John Mackey award this year and it should have been Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer should have won the John Mackey award two years in a row. He should have because he was better than Brock Bowers this year. He was the basically if you take Michael Mayer off of Notre Dame, their offense is like absolutely dog shit. So Michael Mayer was the best tight end in the country this year. And he was last year too. But at the same time, I don't know if it's going to translate that super well to fantasy football. Like, like he's like a, you tight know, Tight ends are notoriously
0: known to take some time to develop.
1: Yeah. And he's like a, you know, Pat Fryermuth, Who's good, but like, not like Travis Kelsey, you know, like he's not, not making that kind of impact. Um, So I, I don't know. I, I think that like this past week, um brett is probably just coming to grips with like fuck now that i traded kelsey i need to trade away more players and i think he doesn't want to do that but i think he realizes now that he has to do that
0: yeah because who does he have in relief for kelsey because i don't think he really had a succession plan
1: Hmm? hunter henry
0: hunter henry and then he just got tyler
1: Tyler conklin Conflin. yeah so it's one of the two hunter henry is better but, like that's than not Tyler a Conflin. succession
0: plan you know what like if he had a ra- if he randomly had like a hawkinson that was like there for a while and then all of a sudden going to minnesota he's popping the fuck yeah. off he's like oh shit now let me get rid of kelsey because now i saw hawk back here or even, even if you
1: had pat fry like even if he had big fire yeah, like, okay, that's perfect yeah i'm mean, like okay like that should be 75 percent of the production you know like it should be okay uh but he has Tyler Conklin and Hunter Henry, which is like fifty percent of the production. Like that's not, not going to cut it. I think he probably realizes that now. So, I think it's just him him grieving, and he's like, "Fuck!" Like I, what did I do? <laughs> like that kind of thing. I completely uh, um,
0: completely agree.
1: Yeah. So you know, it, I think that Brett will he'll make some moves, and he'll probably trade away Dalvin Cook. He'll probably trade. I think it's going to take time, cousins. though. I
0: don't know if it's going to be our next pod because I know um, yeah. Brett is very deliberate and weighs all his option, which is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's why it's taking him so long to kind of make another move because he's really ensuring and trying to plot to see what's going on. Because I do honestly believe that there might have been a little bit of an underestimation of how much of a drop-off potentially was on the table because of how much he was able to squeak out someone's with Kelsey on his roster already. Mm -hmm. But the last uh, owner I wanted to kind of bring up um, is I think Welch is kind of could be a wild card right now. He has been saying, oh, my picks are for sale. You can maybe get Breeze. He could be, I just want to trade with someone. Let's see what can happen. And so I know he's at least itching to negotiate. I don't think a trade will actually be done, but he could kind of be a, I don't know, a little dark horse where I'm like, oh, wow, Welch did something kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I I could see that. I know that he's um, trying Right? Like I think he's he's in there working behind the scenes and everything, but I think a lot of the guys that he has on his roster he's very attached to. Um I think like Trevor Rightfully Lawrence. Rightfully
0: so though, because the way that he has been able to orchestrate getting Trevor Lawrence on his roster has been masterclass. Cause I mean, he's going to be awesome. I mean, even when you're removed from Urban Meyer, he's showing so much promise and so much growth. And to see the amount of adversity he just went through, uh, and I know we're going to talk about the NFL games in just a second, but man, for the price that he was able to get for Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it's now has skyrocketed, right?
1: Yeah. I think that, um, it's probably a move that Brian regrets now. I know that he got, like, he came in second place a couple years ago. Um, but I think in his mind, like, that's not good enough. Like a second place finish and he traded away Trevor Lawrence, um, I think he would love to have Trevor Lawrence back if he could change that outcome. Um, So you would have Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts. I think he would love to have that back,
0: but Oh my God, that would be a perennial contender.
1: Yeah. So I think he would love to have that move back specifically. And it's like, it's, it's weird because um, once Brian came in, like one of the first things I think one of the first things he did was trade away Trevor Lawrence, who Jensen tanked for two years to get, I think um, that's
0: why it's so iconic because that was like yeah. Jensen's entire identity was Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah, like he. He, and he, he came in. he like, was like, all right, we're gonna get rid that. of this guy. Yeah, and he was like, all right, we're gonna get Russell Wilson and a bunch of old dudes, and we're gonna come in second place. Which you know, it's
0: oh my god, dude, in second
1: place. <laughs> he did. He, he did. He did better than I've ever done. So he came in second place. But still, I think like if he could do it now. I think he would take it back. Like, he would reverse that trade and be like, all right, give me back. <laughs> give me him back. I want Trevor Lawrence back um, because, like, now— Don't
0: introduce these kind of ideas because Mike is going to come he He's like, all right, we
1: should have we one redo. Trades? We're allowed to do for
0: any trade. <laughs> Every owner gets one, and, uh, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, no.
1: Yeah, like, he got in return—I pulled off the trade. In return, he got Russell Wilson, who he no longer has, um, Cordaro Patterson, Damian Williams, who I think he probably dropped by now, and a 2022 second, who I, I have no idea what that turned into. I don't know know if he ever even made that pick. Um, but he sent away Jerry Judy and Trevor Lawrence. So I think if he could redo this trade, he would love to redo this trade.
0: That trade is a really good crux to what's happening in Dallas right now, especially without yeah. Jerry Judy. Also ended his uh, past season. With Russell Wilson finally being able to hit some of these moon balls and things like that. So Mm. definitely really interesting to see what's going on in Dallas. I definitely could see them doing some kind of uh, some kind of sneaker trade. I don't know. I I know Welch is itching for it because when was the last time the Dallas trip was in the news, really, for trade outside of that Trevor Lawrence trade? I think that was the last time, really.
1: Uh, I think so. It's usually so. that
0: and right around the draft time because you usually no. hold so many uh Oh, uh, yeah. He
1: did the he did the, um, Kenneth Walker trade with Mike where Mike got That's Kenneth right. Walker.
0: That's yep. right. Yeah, I was gunning for that.
1: And he I did another that. trade with Mike where he got – Mike got um, George Pickens and he traded back and he got Jalen Tolbert, which I'm sure that he regrets that one probably. Yeah. Um, this I is just us being out.
0: like, yo, well, how about you just trade with Tommy and not Mike sometimes? Yeah, maybe, totally maybe, with maybe I'll Mike treat anyway. you right. Yeah, <laughs> totally maybe, maybe anyway. I'll help you out, but. <laughs> but that being said, that kind of wraps up the PDL portion of things. We could really quickly gloss over some of the NFL news because, uh, Darren, did everything kind of go to expected with your predictions and stuff?
1: Um, I think so. Like, I mean, obviously I didn't expect the Jaguars to come back from 27 points down, um, but I think that, like, they were – I expected that game to be close, right? Um, but I didn't expect it to be fired, close in think? that way. Is that um, fireable? I think that Francis Staley should be fired, yes, I, I do. Um, I, I think that he should have been fired anyway. Like, even if they lost this game and it was like they lost it in a normal fashion, like 31-30, to 30, and it was just like a tight game, I still would have fired Brandon Staley because I think that the way that he handled the week 18 and playing his starters and everything that is like, yeah, really I, like stupid. I made
0: a joke saying you you would have thought that Mike Williams would have helped here, right? Yeah. But it was kind of a joke, but it's, there's like, it's true.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it was so stupid. They got to fire Brandon Staley. They got to, they got to get rid of him. Um, but the Jags won. I figured that game would be close. The 49ers won in a blowout, which I figured would happen. The Seahawks did keep it close in the first half, though. Like that was low Hold on, early. hold
0: on. You're glossing over things way too quick. So with the win with the Jaguars,
1: Trevor Lawrence already
0: Chiefs. threw, like, he obviously threw the four interceptions, but he also threw the four touchdowns, which is really impressive. He pretty much validated everything already. He already has a playoff win under his belt. He's the real thing, right?
1: Yeah, he's good, but they're going to lose to the Chiefs.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. But I'm just trying to carry a little bit of storyline from each game and what it says. Because yeah. we just talked about how the Chargers are, are – they should fire their head coach. They finally have even more of a basis, too, with how he botched everything. And then I kind of wanted to spend some time with Lawrence. And then the 49ers blow out. We got to talk about Purdy, man. We got to talk about Purdy. He, I know we already talked about it with Lance a little bit.
1: What nice are the chances here.
0: that the 49ers actually win the Super Bowl? We have to talk about that because everyone's talking about that.
1: I mean, they're they're pretty decent, right? Like, it's right? going to be them or the Eagles that are in the NFC. So I think they have a pretty good shot. But um, I still, like, I some of the, like, I saw, like, one throw that I saw a bunch of people share, and they were like, what a throw by Brock Purdy. But it was, like, it wasn't a good throw. Like, he put it, it was supposed to be on the outside. It was on the inside. It could have been picked off. It was slightly more to the right. Like, it wasn't a good throw. But people are kind of, like, overhyping Brock Purdy a little bit because it's, like, a cool story and everything. Um, He's playing well. Don't get me wrong. He's playing well. He's executing the offense. He's, like, playing, doing what he needs to do. Um, But he's – I still don't think he's, like, great. Like, he's not – he has the 49ers, Mike Shanahan, or Kyle Shanahan training wheels on. Like, he is elevated by a 75-yard Debo Samuel. Like, he threw the ball five yards, and Debo Samuel did all the rest. Like, uh, I could fucking do that, you know? Like, I, But
0: he's still doing it, though. Come on, I get is, it, he is, though. He's he getting is, that little bit of a glow-up because of, um, what, Nick Mullins? I think that's the argument everyone likes to make, right? Yeah, we'll I think he's Nick better Mullins.
1: than Nick Mullins, but at the same time, like, he's he's playing with Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo, Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. But, but, and his but, but the, but the argument
0: there. here, though, is he's going to get better, is the but,
1: argument you he, he can make. He, he, could, he could, yeah, he could get better, but at the same time, like, right now, He's he's playing okay. He's playing okay. He's playing like he's doing what he needs to do, but he's being helped along, like big time. Big time.
0: Yeah, that's what coaching is. This is kind of what you would hope anyway. like even if you yeah. have like Aaron Rodgers, you would hope that he gets helped along. Well it didn't happen, but you know what I'm trying yeah. to say. Well on the but other hand it.
1: though, we had Josh Allen who is a superstar quarterback that almost gave the game away against the Oh Dolphins. my god, yeah, we have to talk about um, that. that should have been a should have been a blowout, like an absolute bloodbath, like Skylar Thompson against the Bills and Josh Allen against the Dolphins. Like, that should have been 34-10. to 10. Um, It was 34 ten. But to it 31. is a
0: divisional game, too. It's a divisional but, game, but I now. Skylar know, Thompson, but yeah, there's, there's no on.
1: excusing Like, that. come on. Um, but that, the Bills
0: have a lot of these kind of games bad. in their repertoire now, right? There are some yeah. games where they're just buzzsaws, and you're like, oh, my God, they could beat the 49ers even if they had, you know, any quarterback that they wanted. Like, they're that good. And then there are other games where you're like, is this the Bills? Like what what is yeah. happening here? I, and and I feel like I've been seeing a lot more of the vulnerable Bills as of recently yeah. as well. And I don't yeah. know if it's because they're playing uh, more difficult teams obviously this but I mean they still won. I I feel like yeah, uh, we do need to matters. give them a little bit of a spotlight there but I I I don't know. I'm not as scared of the Bills as I am of like the Niners even though the Bills have like Josh Allen.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I think that they'll be fine. I think they'll still beat the Bengals next week and everything, but it's just, I don't know. I think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Um, They're not going to beat the Bengals. <laughs> so we got the next game. We both thought that this would be close. Could have went either way. I, I think I said that the Vikings would win by a field goal, um, but the Giants won. Um, Danny Dimes, he's killing it. I mean... He's, so
0: is is this real Danny Dimes, or is this like, oh, Joe Flacco had kind of an okay season and then went nuclear in the playoffs?
1: I think this is kind of like the same thing as Brock Purdy. Like, I think Brian Dable is a really good coach, and he has the training wheels on Danny Jones. But if he could um, already
0: win games with Danny Jones, you got to resign. Like, he has to oh, resign. Oh, yeah, I now.
1: think he's definitely – I think it will be interesting to see what the contract looks like for Daniel Jones. Um, Because if they give Daniel Jones like a Derek Carr contract or like a Mitch Trubisky contract, like something they can easily get out of, I think that will be interesting because you'll see how much they really believe in Daniel Jones by what contract they give him.
0: That's true. But at the same time, why promise like this full guarantee if you don't need to? Daniel Jones also knows what he has been up to. Yeah, they didn't even pick up a fifth-year option. So just Just because, like, oh, you don't have to pay Josh Allen money even if you believe he can be Josh Allen. And speaking of Josh Allen, the reason we bring him up is because Dable obviously has that connection in Buffalo, right? And the way that they were using DJ was unbelievable. There's so many quarterback design runs, and I was like, is this Josh Allen? Like, what happened?
1: You know how pissed off I'm going to
0: be if Daniel Jones? (laughs) I'm not saying becomes Josh Allen. That's obviously hyperbolic, but, like, Damn, dude, I don't – and I think what is missed here is how bad the Vikings' defense is. I don't want to take away being Tommy or an Eagles fan. Of course, you're not going to say Daniel Jones is good. You're going to shit on the Giants when you have the opportunity opportunity to, which, A, you're absolutely correct. I will do that. But, B, dude, the Vikings, man, they suck. Yeah. But everyone knew that. But I feel like their defense has just been so, so terrible. Do you think uh, Zimmer feels a little bit validated because he's always – He's been like a defensive guru. And then even he couldn't fix that garbage in Minnesota. And everyone's like, oh, if, you know, Zimmer can't even fix the defense, why is he even here? And without him, they brought in this new guy doing fantastic. Offense looks great, but the defense still in shambles. And Zimmer is probably getting shit on because the Vikings um record has been so great. But then when it really came down to it, they honestly really did make Daniel Jones look like Josh Allen at the end of the day. And so it's going to be time will tell of was it more Daniel Jones or was it more, him playing the Vikings defense.
1: Um I think it was a little bit of both.
0: Should be fun. Should be fun at
1: least. Yeah, I think that he's played well enough to earn a second contract, but I still don't think he's like great. Like he's fine. Um I know he's playing well, but I think he's he's just fine. And I think part of the reason why the Giants are going to have to re-sign him is because they played so well this year and they don't have another option. <laughs> like if they if the Giants were in range, I think to take a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I think they would they would do that, but they can't. Um so it's Daniel Jones. Um the last game that was played was a Sunday night game, Bengals and Ravens, and this was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Um I know I said like I wasn't going to watch this game, but I I did. I ended up watching it. Um it was not a great game, but it, it was really real was. Close. It was weird. It was it was, it was, a it was like a,
0: it was literally a Baltimore Ravens game is what it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, yeah, it their was. defense is just that good where everything looks like a slog only because if. Like if you're playing against an elite defense, it's going to be an ugly game and it just sucks that that elite defense is complemented by awful offense, but it's not really their fault. And I think it really shines to just being like, this is what Baltimore's always done. So it's kind of so weird to always be like, guys, I know your guys are good at making a defense. Why don't you finally try building the offensive part now? So it's always odd to kind of see. But I definitely agree with you with someone like uh, Cincinnati with how hot they were getting. And obviously they still won this game. It it wasn't really, it's kind of similar to like the Bills, right? You're kind of disappointed. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think it would be because you probably expected to go in there, and beat the Ravens by, like, 20 points because they had uh, Tyler Huntley in there. Um, It wasn't for that fumble. It wasn't for, you know, I guess bad, bad play calling with Mike Yeah, Greg that Rosen. huge, yeah. Like, they – Ravens could have probably won this game even with Tyler Huntley, but I think they definitely would have won, and a lot of – players already kind of vocalized that like J.K. Dobbins most notably. I think that he was like, man, if we had Lamar, we would have won. Like, I think a lot of the players are kind of bummed out with Lamar. I think that they kind of feel some type of way about it. That, um, with
0: how this game went, they have to,
1: right. Like if yeah. they just got blown
0: out, they're like, yeah, okay. But because they're like, Holy yeah, shit. Like,
1: we, like we were, we could have won like this game away. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they had Lamar who even at Lamar at 70% is better than Tyler Huntley. So I I think that they all know that, too, and they're like, man, like, kind of sucks. And I get it from, like, Lamar's point of view because he has no security, he has no long-term deal, like, nothing like that. So, like, he's not going to go out there and pull an RG3 and ruin his career when he doesn't have any long-term stability. But at the same time, I get it from his teammates' point of view, too, because they're like, man, because we saw, like, Michael Vick on the pregame show was like, man, just put a brace on it, get out there, and play the game. Um, and he said like he played an entire season with a strained PCL, which Lamar has like the same injury. So like, I don't know, man. Like, I I think that the Lamar's days in Baltimore might be over. I think we might have saw him play this last game as a Raven. It kind of I know you said it before when we started recording this that it kind of feels like the quiet situation. And I was kind of thinking the same thing. I think that like his teammates are pissed off at him. The front office is pissed off at him the player like doesn't want to play there kind of like maybe sort of maybe milking the injury a little bit. Like it just kind of seems like the it's coming to an end.
0: Yeah. I think it's literally what we saw unfold because it's like the player doesn't feel confident with the injury and the front office and the fan base is like, well, it's obviously not that bad. So play. And he's like, well, if you want me to play, pay me. Then yeah, I, it, there's think- kind of, they're like, well, you're still on contract. You have to play. So I think that's kind of where it really breaks down. So I'm really interested to see where this goes, especially because I have Lamar on my team, so I'm super invested. Um, I would be f- – like I think Lamar would be fine anywhere. And if he yeah. got away from Baltimore, I, that would be great. But at the same time, like, damn, but like Baltimore did everything for him too. Like they really try to help him out. But, I mean, if he went to an actual offense, that would be great too. That's not with Greg Roman. But yeah. with that being said, I think that really leaves one more game left on the docket, and that's tonight, Darren. I need to, I need to get your prediction here. Who, who is it gonna be?
1: It's gonna be the Bucks. The Bucks are gonna win. I just saw They're not they gonna actually, win. It's
0: gonna be Dallas. Are you crazy?
1: It's gonna be the Bucks. Be the Bucks. As I an saw Eagles they,
0: fan, you know how much it hurts me to say no. Be the Bucks. It's gonna fad bet.
1: <laughs> no, I always lose them. It's gonna be the Bucks though. Because bet. I, Ten like bucks. An hour ago, Ten bucks like an fab hour right ago, now. Come on. An hour ago, Ryan Jensen was activated off the IR, so they're going to have their starting center back, which was like a it's a big thing for Tom okay. Brady. obviously. All right,
0: let's see if you can flip me. All right.
1: Um. Obviously, we talked about it last week how the the uh, Cowboys aren't very good outside on natural grass, which the Buccaneers play on. It's a home game for Tampa Bay. Um, it's it's just meant to be, you know, Tom Brady. He's going to go back. He's going to win this game. He's going to go to San Francisco, where he came from, his hometown. He's going to be playing San Francisco 49 So with the oh, storyline, he's going he's to, going to beat. beat
0: San Francisco?
1: I don't think he's going to beat San Francisco.
0: Then that's not Destroying, because he's going to get
1: fucking annihilated to be playing, by he's going them. He's playing in San Francisco, and that could potentially be his last game of his career.
0: We both know that's not true.
1: I, I don't know. I don't see the Cowboys winning this game. I just don't. I, they're in they're fact, wrong. bet. They're frauds. They're frauds. Like they're ten I know bucks what they're right winning. now. I'm not bet, betting any fab. I know I have. The oh my! Odds, if I'm It's such a it.
0: surefire <laughs> thing, then you're just getting a free ten bucks. It's not.
1: It's not a surefire thing. I say it like it is. The Cowboys could definitely win this game. They but I are think, gonna.
0: I hate the fact that you're making I don't, me defend the Cowboys. I don't
1: think. I don't think that they are though. Why, what makes you think that they're definitely gonna win? They're just a better team. They are a better team. I will admit that. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) I know. I'm
0: I'm not trying to be objective about it. Am I taking crazy pills? We just saw. Everyone is saying no, no. Tom Brady's gonna. I almost feel like. What? Wait. What does Vegas actually say? I don't actually know who the underdog is.
1: Um, I think that the Bucks are getting like two and a half. So the Bucks are the underdog. I.
0: Yeah. So like, am I taking crazy? Everyone I've talked to takes Bucks. Literally everyone. And I'm like, am I the one that's like off maybe i i just think they're a better team like at the end of the day i don't trust mccarthy right so that's valid and the cowboys are just the cowboys but at the end of the day i i'm like i've watched every single football or as much as i could not back on film for all of them but like i've seen a lot of bucks games i know what they are even with a decent offensive line but
1: yes i I also know what
0: dallas is and when i look at i'm like this isn't the Bucks from like two years ago. Or like, this is this year's Bucks. I don't think that all of a sudden Brady really wants to win. Like Brady wants to win every single game.
1: He's he's got he's a, he's the underdog, and he will like feed off of that because he has for twenty years. Like I think that. I Dallas think is got, then
0: also going to feel like the underdog because they're away having to come here. They're going to have to I hear Dak got Prescott throws interceptions. The Cowboys can't <laughs> win a playoff game. They're going to feel we like saw, one too.
1: We saw the North version of Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins just completely <laughs> fail. <laughs> so I, I think that we could see the same. Like Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions and he played five fewer games than everyone else that was around him. Um, I, I think that Dak Prescott, like, he needs to play very well. And I know that the Bucks defense aren't as good as they've been in past years, but they're still, like, a good defense. Like, they're not terrible. Um, I think with, like, Vida Veya playing, right, Jensen's coming back. Like, I just think that the Bucks are going to be able to win this game. And I, I think that they're going to get smoked by the 49ers next week. Um, and I actually think that the, if the Cowboys do win this game, they're a better threat to... The 49ers. Like, they would have a better chance of beating the 49ers. So, like, for us, I think as an Eagles fan, I think we want the Cowboys to win because the Cowboys might be able to beat the 49ers. And I think that the 49ers are the biggest threat to the Eagles. But I think the Bucks win.
0: So, I definitely see that. For me, it's a win-win situation because... The Dallas wins. I'm like, "Say I told you, Dallas was going to win." If Dallas loses, I'm going to be like, "Yeah, you're right, dude. Dak is dog shit, isn't he?" It's 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 going to be great for me. So either way, I'm just hedging my bets correctly. But with that being said, has your Super Bowl predictions changed
1: at all? um, No, I think after seeing the the
0: performances of the first wild card round, at
1: least I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Eagles. I changed off of the Bills. I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Eagles. Like I really wanted to see the Bills. I told you. I like I like Josh Allen, you know. Like I like I think the Bills fan base is like really cool. Um, reminds me of the Eagles fan base, but I, I think that like it's gonna be, it's gonna be the Chiefs and the it's Eagle. gonna
0: be Andy Reid and Mahomes. Who's gonna beat that?
1: Yeah, the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl. Um,
0: but you know. Well, no, I mean you 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 got halfway there, but all right. <laughs>
1: The Chiefs would beat the Eagles.
0: Darren, Darren, <laughs> I, didn't I tell you? All right, storylines. When I get married, when I got married, everyone already knows Eagles win Super Bowl.
1: Mm. When
0: I'm having a kid, all of a sudden, mom's favorite team, which is the Chiefs, and dad's favorite team, which is the Eagles, all of a sudden have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl? Of course mm. it's going to happen. And, of course, the Eagles are going to win. It's yeah. just, it's how it's going to happen. I don't know. I, I just think this that is the, main character syndrome. This is me being like that. And I'm just telling you what's going to happen. I, I I'm not telling you uh, why it's happening or say it's like, fair. I'm just trying to be fair Eagles and just tell somehow you. Somehow
1: need to get Lane Johnson healthy because without a healthy Lane Johnson, they cannot beat the Chiefs. I don't even know if they can beat the 49ers.
0: Yeah, that's also fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like. They need. I know that it's weird because he's a right tackle and he. Shouldn't we're a completely
0: be like, different team without Lane.
1: Yeah, like he shouldn't be as important as he is, but he he is very important and he needs to be playing if we're gonna beat the best teams in the league.
0: Yeah. So overall, it's gonna be really, really exciting to see. What, are you, what is gonna be your favorite uh, playoff matchup for next round?
1: Um, it's gotta be Bengals and Bills, right? The, the match probably, we finally yeah. get to see. And I bet like Demar Hamlin is on the sidelines or whatever in the press box or something. Oh, for Oh, guaranteed, game. guaranteed. Um, like the the Chiefs and the Jags going to be, a cool be game.
0: relentless with that storyline.
1: Like I think I think the Eagles and the Giants could possibly be like a blowout. I know it's a division game and like weird shit happens. Pu- and everything. I- I'm putting
0: it out on there. I you, you know how most I'm always like a pessimistic Eagles fan. Yeah. I really think the Eagles are going to spank the fuck out of the Giants. And yeah, I, I, Max I, I is, is going to so. clip this because I'm going to be wrong. The Eagles are going <laughs> to lose to the Giants. He's going to be like, look, Tommy's a fucking one. But I don't know, <laughs> dude. I, I, The Eagles always kind of beat the Giants as it is. Yeah, And the Eagles are just better than them, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I just think this is just going to be like a slaughter.
1: Yeah, I, I think that they're going to they're gonna win. Um, the Eagles are going to win. I think the 49ers are going to probably beat whoever they play. Cowboys. Um, the Chiefs are going to win, and the Bills are going to win. I think we're going to see Chiefs-Bills, and we're going to see Eagles. Uh, Eagles not oh,
0: it's going to be a butt-clencher. You know what's going to happen? You know what I would love to happen? The Eagles route of last year where, what, the Eagles? Who did we play right before the Vikings? The Falcons?
1: When they won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. yeah we barely the
0: beat the Falcons, right? And then we oh, played Falcons. Minnesota, and then we blew them out.
1: Yeah, like thirty. That's to what seven we need to I feel
0: like the game might actually be close with the Giants, and then I'm hoping if we uh, play San Francisco, we could just blow them out. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with yeah.
1: that. Yeah. That'd be, cool. <laughs> That'd be
0: cool. But overall, that's it, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. A lot of trades have happened. Darren, you've kind of give me a little bit of a uh, a little bit of inside scoop, saying that you you might be done with some of these moves, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard because. It was kind of it's kind of the same situation as last year. Like we have teams that are kind of still deciding, and like I need to look into the the draft process and like that stuff. So like teams are still kind of figuring stuff out. So like I think I don't know. I, I say that we might see like a little bit of a lull, but then like we could end this, and then there could be a trade happens in five minutes after this happens. So it's to be seen. I think because it's everyone's still figuring out what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But with that being said, guys, can't wait to see what trades we're going to break down next. Until then, take care.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.